Thank you, Eddie. Well, Hope Church, would you like to celebrate something? Two days ago, the lease on our new real estate was signed. Let's give the Lord a big thank you. Wow. Man, 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 I am so, so excited about where we're headed um, with all of that. So I have two objectives tonight in, uh, in our time together in this talk. One is to refresh and expand your vision for the, the, your understanding of the three-part vision that Hope Church rolled out over these recent months. And then second, I'd like to whet your appetite for the beauty of God. Focus that word beauty for a minute. And then I want to tie those two goals together um, in, uh, in this time. So think with me for just a minute about the word beauty <clears throat> and beautiful. What comes to your mind when you think about beauty or beautiful? You know what? What comes to my mind first is <clears throat> that event that happened in June of 1984 in a church when the doors swung open and the most beautiful girl on the planet started walking down the aisle toward me saying she wanted to marry me. Unbelievable her beauty uh, that was just overwhelming that day in 1984. You know, another thing <clears throat> is captured, another point of beauty is captured in this picture. Look, look for a moment and, uh, and, and see a, a mountain lake in Canada. So if you're, if you're looking for a vacation spot, consider Banff, Canada, <clears throat> And just outside of Banff is a, a, a lake called Moraine, Lake Moraine. When Stacy and I went there about three years ago, we had just in, immediately adopted this and said that is the most beautiful spot on the planet. And I got to see that seated next to the most beautiful woman on the planet. So, wow. Wow, wow, that is some beauty. Love it, love it. You know, we don't use, usually call men beautiful. It's usually, that word is usually reserved for, for women. But I am actually, um, I, so I wonder if we should change that and start referring to men also as beautiful. Now. So my wife is teaching the kids right now, so she's not in here. So she's gonna be listening to this on <clears throat> the recording. So Stacy, when you hear this, I just want you to know that it's okay if you wanna call me beautiful. <laughs> I, 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 I'm okay with that. <clears throat> Thank you, Alex. <laughs> you know, I... Um, I've been really overwhelmed here recently as I have read those words of King David in Psalm 27, verse four. One thing 
have I asked of the Lord that I will seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. David had this picture in his mind that God was beautiful and that he wanted to regularly, consistently, daily gaze upon the beauty of God. I hope that in the next few minutes you will gaze with me at the beauty of God. You know, <clears throat> I think I find that there's a number of scripture verses over the, my lifetime where the beauty of God has just leapt off of the page. I think about Exodus 34 when Moses was on Mount Sinai and he asked God to show him his glory and God walked by him and spoke about three or four sentences. Go back and, and read that in Exodus 34 because I think it's the most beautiful words that were articulated in the Old Testament and the most beautiful depiction of God in the Old Testament. And I think that the, the scripture in John 17 that we're looking at today is one of the most beautiful scriptures in the New Testament. And I, um, I want you to just join me in, in seeing if, if maybe you see this beauty in these verses. And then how they tie together <clears throat> with the vision that was rolled out in the fourth quarter of last year. So if you look on the screen, you'll see three different circles. Now, ladies, I, I wanna make sure I highlight to you that the three circles that you saw at the ladies' retreat are slightly different than these because just the week before the men's retreat, we modified it just a little bit. So, so you might wanna just take a fresh look at this, <clears throat> that we wanna be a church that focuses a life with God, life with each other, and become lights in the world. And when we do that, and, and this depiction, the three circles are overlapping they weren't in the previous one. But when they, are over, when they overlap like they should, then you see the beauty of the kingdom of God advance. I can't take any credit for the creation of this. It was actually put together in the fourth quarter before I came back on as, um, as a sitting elder. And um, this was actually developed first by Jake and then the elders at the time weighed in on it and um, spoke into it. And, and it is just really, I think, uh, one of the most beautiful depictions <clears throat> for our church 
to pursue. In the next 60 days, the elders are gonna be spending some time really deeply pondering what does it look like to implement different aspects in each of these three areas. And we are, um, we're, we're viewing this as a framework and, but we need to put some meat on the bones and that will be coming um, in the next few months. What's cool about John 17 is we get to see all three of these aspects in this one passage. And it is, um, it's beautiful. So one of the beliefs that um, Orthodox faith would ascribe to is that God has existed in three parts in Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit from all of eternity. In other words, God the Son was not created when he was born. He didn't uh, become the Son at the point of his birth. He actually was with the Father before the birth became a baby, grew up and became a man, and then after he died and was resurrected, he went back to the Father. And so what is breathtaking about this segment of verses in John 17 is what he says was happening before he came to earth in his relationship with the Father. Three times in the scripture that you just read, heard, verse 23, he said, even as you, Father, loved me. Verse 24, because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Verse 26, that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. So our vision for Hope Church begins with one of the most beautiful revelations ever uttered to mankind by Jesus. I would summarize it this way. My father has been loving on me from before the foundation of the world and I want you, my disciples, my followers to get in on it. That is incredible. That is beautiful. When Jesus is feeling that much clarity, that much passion, that much intimacy with his Father, that he would come to us and say, I want you to taste the love that I've been experiencing from before the foundation of the world, before people, the world was, was ever created, there was love flowing inside of the Trinity and Jesus wants us to get our arms around it. You know, Jesus saying that is different than a person, a, a human saying that. In other words, 
I can say to you, hey, God, God really loves you, you know, and, and I think, you know, you should receive that love. But that's very different than someone coming to you saying, hey, I've actually been with this person that loves you. I, I'm, I'm not just speaking this from a distance. I'm, I'm giving a testimony. I've actually been with the Father and have tasted his love. And so when I, Jesus, say to you, it's really, really good. <laughs> to me, that just has weight. That has incredible, incredible weight. So what, what happens if in that life with God, we see this beauty of a father loving on the son and us getting a hold of that? That's what's happening in that top circle. The father's loving on the son. The, the son says, I want you to taste that. And now we start getting loved on by the father with that same love. What, what changes in my life? What happens to me when, when that love really starts to sink into my heart, not just my head? So here's seven things that I think happen. I, th that love actually comes out of me onto others. It actually flows. If, I'm, if I really am grabbing a hold of the, the essence and the reality of that and the beauty of that love, I think it flows through me. In second, increasingly, I look and act and feel more like Jesus. That's a pretty powerful thing. Third, I am less anxious, less fearful. The more I am filled with the beauty of that love that's going on within the Trinity, the less anxious and fearful I am. Fourth, the less drawn to the world's temptations I experience. Fifth, I am less critical of people, less judgmental. I'm more compassionate and I'm less demanding to get my own way. What does that sound like? That, if all of that is taking place, is it possible that that impacts <clears throat> the bottom left circle, life with each other? Because in verse 21, 22, and 23 of our scripture, Jesus said, that they may all be one. Verse 22, that they may be one even as we are one. Verse 23, that they may become perfectly one. So within that life with each other arena is this unity that Jesus is talking about in John 17. Why? So why is unity so important that Jesus would pray three times 
in that, those short verses that we would be unified. Well, in verse 22, it says, even as we are one. So you've got God the Father and God the Son and the Spirit functioning in unity. So if they are unified, then we need to reflect accurately God. And if we are fighting with each other, if we are at odds with one another, then we're not accurately reflecting the unity that exists in the Trinity. The second reason I think that unity is so important is verse 21 says, so that the world may believe. In verse 23, so that the world may know that you sent me. That spills over into that bottom right corner, lights in the world. We, do you see the, the flow of how that, that flows? We, we dive into the beauty of the love of the Father that impacts us and changes us in a way that allows us to walk in unity with each other. And the world sees that and says, something's different with you guys because unity is not easy. And yet y'all seem to have grabbed a hold of something that is beautiful. So <clears throat> if, if you're struggling to love your spouse or kids, consider a different approach. Maybe you need to taste the love of the father, the, the love the father had for the son and the father and son have for you. Maybe you need to gaze on the beauty of the father-son relationship. As the world sees the love and unity you have in your marriage, they're gonna be drawn to understand where that comes from. If you're not married, the loving relationships you have within the body of Christ can have that same impact. You know, this is why marriage ministry can be such a powerful tool to impact our community in that bottom right. And it's why God is giving Stacy and I a growing passion to use our new building for marriage workshops for our community. I wanna just encourage you to consider coming on Saturday, June 25th to our next marriage workshop that Stacy and I are doing back at David and Kathy Ambrose's house where we did one three months ago. We had about 36 people there. Half of them were from David Ambrose's new church that he planted and the other half were um, from around the city. And this particular one that we're doing June 25th is, is primarily aimed at you because we want to bless your marriage, but we also want to give you a picture 
of the tool that we, that Stacy and I are gonna start implementing in this community starting really soon, as we, especially as we get the, the new building finished out. Because we want for, for mar healthy marriages to be part of the living out of this vision to where we are, are living with a place of unity in our marriages, which then can be attractive to the community. Because if, if, if the word of God, the life of God, the love of God is, is real, powerful, it ought to change and impact our marriage. It ought to be powerful to our marriage. It ought to be something that is, uh, overflows into the community. So, you might say, well, Randy, there's just one problem with me walking in this vision, and that is my sin. I feel so fallen, so imperfect. I feel God is so distant and disappointed in me. You know, I just wanna say to you, I get it. I, I understand, and I know all of you, and, and I understand that tension and I, <clears throat> I am, I told the men at the men's retreat a couple of weeks ago that I have never in my life felt more human, more fallen, more imperfect than I do right now at this stage of my life. And I'm not talking about living in unrepentant sin. I'm, I'm talking more about what I think Paul was experiencing in Romans 7 when he vulnerably shared there's just a lot of things that I know I could do, should do, want to do that I don't do that I think caused Paul to feel very human. And that's... That is what I, I feel. And yet at the same time, I, I've never felt more loved by God than I do now. I, I've, as I have seen my humanity and my fallenness, I see things like in me, I see things, ways that I don't love people like Jesus did. I see ways that I don't boldly and courageously tell people about Jesus. I see ways that I cycle through anxiety and fear. I see the times where I care more about the praise of man than God. I see the ways in which I say things that I regret saying. I catch myself walking in pride, thinking that I can fix people. 
I cycle through loving money more than God. But in the midst of, of feeling more human, more imperfect, more fallen, I have never in my 63 years felt more loved and accepted by God than I do now. That's the beauty of the gospel, is it not? We are so imperfect and yet so deeply, deeply loved. I love the observation that David Lawless made at the men's retreat, talking about the prodigal son story. When the father saw the son coming home, he didn't know if the son was coming home broke or ready to pay him back all the money he had taken with interest. He just knew it was his son coming back. His love for his son was the driver and it is for you and for me. No matter what you've done over the last week, month, year, coming back to him, come back to him and watch his heart embrace you just like it did for the prodigal. Gaze on the beauty of the Father. Invite the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit to live fully in you. Pursue unity within your marriage and family. And then invite the community around to come see the beauty of God the beauty of your marriage, if you're married. Not that your marriage is perfect, it's human, it's two humans that are married, but it's beautiful because you're learning how to forgive each other, how to walk in grace, how to walk in the mercy of God. So here's a, here's a practical thing that the elders would like you to consider over the weeks ahead. We want our homes to become more deeply uh, places of hospitality. We, we want our, our homes to be places where we are living out that second and third circle. Where, where we are loving one another, inviting people over, living in unity, loving one another, and then inviting neighbors into our homes, letting them see the love you have in your marriage. If the, if the world is gonna know that we are his disciples, because of the love we have for one another, that starts with the love you have in your marriage. Don't underestimate the power of a neighbor seeing the love in your marriage. 
Let that love that you have in your marriage be salt and light to your community. Home groups are about to be over for the summer. So we just invite you, rather than seeing that as an opportunity to take a break, use that as an opportunity to start inviting people into your home, using your home in even more beautiful, powerful ways. So I wanna, I wanna, and as I close, I wanna invite you to, to just pray with me over these three areas. Father, I just thank you for um, giving us vision for um, even out of John 17 of how we can walk in um, just a deeper understanding of the love that the Father had for the Son. That is so beautiful. Father, we need you to tell us how beautiful that is. And we wanna tell you how beautiful that is. So right now, would you, would you just express your heart to the Father and tell him as well as much as you can, tell him that you see the love he had for his son as beautiful. Just silently speak those words to your father. Would you thank your father that he wants you to experience that same love? Thank him and, and tell him, Lord, I don't know all that that means, but I want to know more about the, of the, of the beauty of that. So I receive that. If you're married and you're sitting next to your spouse, would you reach over and grab her hand or his hand? And would you just pray silently for unity in your marriage? A unity that is beyond anything you've ever had. And would you last, would you just pray that God would let, give you a fresh vision for how your home can be a beautiful, beautiful place for people to come in and get loved on. Would you pray for your home, your heart toward your home 
for God to use your home in that way. Father, we thank you for the beauty that exists within the heart of the Trinity, the heart that exists within the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It truly is breathtaking. Thank you, Lord, for giving us just a a little increased taste of your beauty. May we be effective reflections to our community of your beauty, starting with our marriages and our families and our friendships within Hope Church. Thank you, thank you. Pray all this in Jesus' name. Would you stand with me and as you do, uh, and as we pray, The first song that we're going to finish with is a song that you will have probably heard before. It's called Overwhelmed. And within this song are lyrics that talk about the beauty, being overwhelmed by the beauty of God, being overwhelmed by who all that God is. And, and, and so in this first song, if you would maybe just focus on just worshiping that beauty. And then as you feel led to come down and, and receive prayer, feel free to, um, to join us in, uh, in asking for, for some prayer. Maybe prayer that, that you, you really haven't thought about God as beautiful but you want to. So ask God to uh, ask for prayer that you might see God as beautiful. Or maybe it's that beauty is not flowing through to unity within your marriage and the body of Christ. And so you wanna pray over that second circle of unity. Or maybe you find yourself just having been a little passive about loving your community and you just wanna pray, God, would you light a fire under me that I might be, that I might have your heart for our community. So join me now in in looking at uh, and praying over and singing Overwhelmed.